He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Father, I commend your people to your word of grace which is able to build us up and to give us an inheritance among those that are sanctified. I pray that we will be built up this afternoon in spirit, in soul, and in body. And I pray that this word will be able to give us an inheritance among the sanctified ones. I pray for your grace to minister your word. I pray for your grace to speak us of the oracles of God. I pray for your grace to speak your heart and not to please myself. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please sit down. We've been talking about better things. Amen. And... I don't know whether we are on our sixth CD about better things, but we've spoken about the fact that the Bible says wisdom is better than rubies. And then we've spoken about the fact that it is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. We have spoken about the fact that it is better to have a dry muscle with quietness than a house full of sacrifices with strife. So sometimes you may have a house full of feasting, but there's no quietness there. And then we have spoken about the fact that it is better to marry than to burn. And this morning the Lord has told us that obedience is better than sacrifice. And so we are looking at better things. You know, Paul said, it is good for the unmarried and widows to abide as I. But if they can't contain it, then it is better to marry than to burn. Amen. So he's comparing two things. He said that in my state, it's good. But then if you have this struggle with containment, then it is better that you marry. So better is a higher level than good, isn't it? And... Um, I can't lie to you that I'm grateful that we have come to the end of our Daughter, you can make it convention. It's been a pleasure, but it's also not easy to try to hear from God. And you, you see a lot of your humanness when you are preparing to stand before God's people. It's not so easy like you think. 
So we thank God for all the grace that he has given all these three days. Amen. But I've seen that when I speak about other things not related to the sermon, the people sharing the time take my time off as being part of it. So I've learned to be wise. So I'll say the other things after. And in that case, they will not restrict me. Amen. Now, I want to continue to speak about better things. And self-control is better than a mighty man. Amen. Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16. Verse 32. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. I mean, we know what mighty people do. Mighty people are like Hitler, Joseph Stalin. People who take cities and take territories and are in charge of wars and campaigns. And the Bible is saying that when you are slow to anger, you are greater than that person. And not only are you greater, you are better when you are slow to anger. It doesn't say don't get angry. By saying that, don't let your fuse be so short. Amen? And that when you are able to do that, you are better than the mighty. And that when you rule your spirit, because it's your spirit that controls many things that you do. So when you are able to rule your spirit, you are greater than somebody who can take a city. Now, most of us cannot take cities. So in the world, don't you have to be able to take a city and, and sometimes it's named after you. Like Johannes took the city, so it's Johannesburg. Berg means city. So Johannes' city is named after you. So you don't get such monuments being named after you. But the Bible says that when you can rule your spirit, you are greater than such men. Hallelujah. Proverbs 25. Verse 28. Like a city that is broken into and without walls, it's a man who has no control over his spirit. Like a city that is broken into and without walls, it's a man who has no control over his spirit. King James says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. What happened was that in the olden days, the, count, the cities and towns were protected by walls. The wall showed your territory and demarcated it. And the wall also served as a buffer against enemies and helped you to protect your city. So at the end of the day, the city gates will be closed. And that is why when God sent Joshua to fight against Jericho, it was necessary that the walls be broken. Because as soon as your walls are broken, any type of, any type of person, any sort of thing can enter you. And the Bible is saying that when you don't rule your city, you are like somebody that the walls around you are broken. All sorts of demons are able to enter you. All sorts of lifestyles are able to come in. All sorts of funny things are able to come and take precedence over you just because your wall is broken. 
Your, your homes may be intact. Your buildings may be intact. But the city that surrounds you, you are like a broken wall. The Bible says, as the walls are around Jerusalem, so is the Lord round about his people. So if God is a wall round you, and when Satan came to Job, he said, that, he said to God, why wouldn't he say, you have created a hedge around him. So that wall that is around you has been created by God. But you can break it by your lack of self-control and your lack of a rule over your spirit. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. You know, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you have the book of Acts because Jesus left. And then Paul was a Roman, so he wrote first to the Romans. So you have Romans. Then you have Corinthians. Then after that, you have Gep, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Okay, so it will help you remember. So go to the book of Galatians. It's 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now the fruit of the Spirit is all these things. But what I want to focus on this afternoon is the 23rd verse gentleness, self-control. Many of us are controlled by things in life. We are controlled by our parents. If your parents didn't create some rules and regulations, you would mess up your life, the young people. And if we growing up did not have certain controls in place, we would have messed up because we would have made the wrong choices. There are many things that control you in your life. The laws of a nation, they control you. You can't just behave anyhow. So I want to park here. I want to just have this food. So I just take it. I don't feel like paying. So I don't know. There are rules and laws that govern you. And so those things hold you in check and in control. Do you understand? In the same way, your spirit, your soul, and your body have a certain control. But that control is determined by you. Unlike the police, immigration, and things that you don't determine. <laughs> Unlike the school rules and things that you don't determine. This one, we are talking about self-control. So bringing yourself under subjection, bringing yourself under rulership, and making that choice yourself. Now, as Christians, many of us say that Jesus is Lord. But I beg to differ. That Jesus is Lord in certain areas of your life. And in places that you have chosen to crown him Lord. But there are other areas where you are Lord. You rule. When we look on that throne, you are sitting there fully. And we have to sing to you, be enthroned. Take your place. Be enthroned. Because you have enthroned yourself in certain areas of your life. It's a no-go area for the Holy Ghost. And there's no place for the Holy Spirit. There's no place for the Word. There's no place for God. So don't say that, take your place, be enthroned. He can't take the place because you have fully occupied it. And therefore, the Bible talks about self-control. Jesus is Lord of our spirits, but not always. Jesus is Lord of our souls, which is our emotions, our minds, our intellect. But not always. We make him Lord in certain aspects. 
But in other aspects, we manifest ourselves fully. But the Bible says that when you exercise that gift of self-control, you are greater than the mighty. And it says that you are greater than the people who take cities. And not only that, if you don't exercise rule, control over your desires, your appetites, your decisions, your choices, you become like a city with broken walls. And anything can enter into your city and into your territory. And when things enter, by and large, they take over. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 21, 5. And everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in a few things. And everyone who competes, 1 Corinthians 9, 25. And everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in some things, in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I buffet my body and make it my slave. Lest possibly, I have, after I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. <clears throat> the Bible says that he that striveth for the mastery must be temperate in all things. It means that if you are going to strive for anything, to be master of anything, you first of all have to control yourself before you can be the master of anything. And it says that when you are even in a race, you exercise self-control in all things. Look, the people who run and are athletes, and they don't behave like you and I. If they were to behave like me, they would be last. Because first of all, I say, okay, I'm going to the gym. And then before I go and sign up, I'd rather go and buy my workout clothes. And I buy coordinating colors. Pink and this, blue and this. And when I see it, I say, oh, it's going to be great in the gym. And then after that, I go and sign up. When I went to the gym, I said, please, what are your um, the different fees you have, registration? In Ghana, it's not for a whole year. So they say, some are three months, some are six months, some are one year. I said, don't you have anything else? So well... For people who are not sure, we have 15 walk-ins. You know, you can walk in 15 times. And after that, you decide what you want to do. I said, well, I think that's the one I want. <laughs> so I paid for the 15 walk-ins. And then I told the guy, you know, my greatest problem will be consistency. He said, how do you know? I said, because I know myself. So if there's anything that will make me come all the time, you have to try. I said, madam, what's for that one? We can encourage you in about... To come all the time, we cannot bring consistency where exercises are concerned into your life. I said, oh, but you must help me. You must encourage me. That's how I will come along. I said, oh, okay, we'll do our best. Since I signed up, it's more than a year old. They have not seen me. I will even start before there's no consistency. If you have that attitude, you don't have self-control, you don't make yourself go there, you don't give everything... The Bible says you must be temperate in all things. You are doing other things. You are dropping your children. And the reason why I even went there is my mother-in-law encouraged me that. It's near my children's school. So when I drop them every morning, you know, I can work out. Oh, then I was seeing the video. How I work out and I'll do. But it has not happened. 
You need self-control to drag yourself there. And then also I was telling the man, you see, so I said, so what's, what are the things you do? He said, we lift weights. I said, please, I don't like strenuous things. <laughs> I don't like strenuous things. I just said, oh, okay, it depends on what you want to do. You can be on the treadmill. We lift dumbbells. I said, those things are very heavy. <laughs> I, I don't like heavy things. I said, oh, you can start with that. You see, the rules are there. And because I don't have self-control, I'm trying to find ways to make the, I am like a broken wall. I am like a city with a broken wall around me. Up to now, I've not taken the step, and I'm here. And my husband keeps telling me, look, if you're going to play golf, you have to be very dedicated. Very, look, if you don't compete according to the rules, you will not win. I've told you that me, when I go five holes, I'll finish. I don't like strenuous things. But if you don't like strenuous things, you won't sweat. You won't exercise your muscles. So you, you can't live anyhow and expect certain results. Do you understand? And then when I play, I tell the coach, five holes, I'm tired, I'm going home. Oh, at least try, do nine, do this. Madam, if you're able to do nine, you'll become like Tiger Woods. I said, I have no such ambition. You are just flattering me, but I have no such ambition. And Paul says that unless you exercise self-control, you get up at dawn, you make yourself go, you push yourself, you sign up. You see, now they have even removed my name from the uh, golf course register. And then I went to my husband, I said, why should they remove my name? Do they know my, my heart? Do they know my vision? Why, why should you remove my name? I said, mommy, please, don't let's even go there. We signed you up, you don't come. The thing is expensive. We say family, husband and wife, then you don't come. You don't show up. I said, you know, but God knows my heart. I really have a great desire. <laughs> and I do. A great desire to play this golf. But I said, please, people who have desires and are coming, they don't behave like this. And also, they don't need a lot of coaxing. They are there themselves. They move. They have a purpose. And they are going. So what you are saying? But I know that God knows my, but it's not desire. It's commitment. And going through the exercises, going through the regime. Do you see Lady Pastor Regina? She plays. She goes home. Then she'll come back. She plays. And I, when I see people like that, and my husband, what you, I see, they're taking it personal. This, this is, but that is why they are getting to what they are get, where they are getting to. Because they are playing according to the rules. And Paul said that if you are running a race and you are not obeying the rules, you eat whatever you want. You see, they wear lighter things. They exercise themselves. You need self-control. Your coach cannot do it for you. Your captain cannot do it for you. You have to exercise that self-control. And unfortunately, that is a missing ingredient in our lives. We are not controlled in our desires. I want this, let me have it. We have become like Samson. Any woman that looks good to you, you like. Any woman that you want to sleep with, you sleep with. There's nothing that controls you. And that control can only come into your life if you self, by yourself, invite that control into your life. Amen. You know that you should not fornicate, but the self. You gratify every desire of the flesh. And Paul said that me, I'm an apostle. But I buffet my body. I give it blows. I make it serve me. Why? Lest after preaching Christ, I myself may be disqualified. And when I was meditating on this verse, I was thinking, why are Christians surprised? When maybe great men or women of God who preach something end up somewhere. Paul said that it was possible that you will preach and after you will be disqualified from what you have preached about. Amen. It's something he said, but I think as people go on in ministry, they begin to think 
Certain things are impossible. Certain things can't happen to you. Your body is your body. Whether you are a cardinal, a pope, a whatever, your body is the same. And if you don't put it in control, it will control you. It's as simple as that. And as women, we struggle in the area of our emotions. You say, oh, it's somebody's husband, but I'm in love with him because I can't help it. Any pastor, love. Love is not an easy thing. Love is a self-control. Bringing your desires under your control. You can't just desire anything. And then when I say, you, you quote Matthew eleven twenty four 24 to me. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. But there are certain boundaries. He's married. You don't have a friend who is married to a pastor, not in our church. And when the pastor is preaching, the women in the congregation will not let him preach. Text messages. Oh, there's goosebumps all around me. Oh, I can't take it. Oh, the... And the man doesn't even read his text. It's the wife who reads them. <laughs> so as they have come to the church, it's not the word that they are hearing, but something. And they feel that they are entitled to let their desires go haywire. And to feel anything, desire anything, if you are like that, the walls around your life will be broken and anything can enter into it. If the apostle Paul said, I fight not without aim, not as somebody beating the air, but I beat the right thing. You see, it's not that you, 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 you punch, but you punch air. You punch things that will not hurt your body. You punch things that will not bring any progress in your work with God. But to punch your body is painful. But he says, I give my body blows. Why? And I make it serve me. Another verse says, I keep my body under. And I bring it into control, into subjection. He didn't say pray that an angel will do it. He didn't say ask ministering angels to come and say that you, you, put your body under yourself. Amen. And in the church of God, we are not seeing that. Our bodies are in control. That's why we cannot fast. Your body dictates to you what you should do. This body that will be put in the ground, this body that will be eaten by maggots, the Bible says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands sure forever. It says all flesh is as grass. So it means that you wither. It says the glory thereof is like the glory of the flower. And I say the flower also fades. Have you not seen that your beauty has been fading? From 20 to 25, to, it's fading. Amen. But this body that is not eternal, we invest so much in it. We put so much in this body. And whatever the body dictates, we do it. But God is bringing us to a place of self. control. And God is saying that if you don't play by the rules, whether you are Apostle Paul or whatever, you will be disqualified. I'm sorry. You can't just, you know, we are now a church of comfort. If you start, if you come to the church, the, the, the pews are not soft enough, you will go. Because we have become so comfort-oriented that we don't have any self-control in our lives. The body will be eaten by maggots, but the spirit man will live forever. So as you invest even in fasting in that spirit, and you have that mind, the temptation will be there. But you say, body, we are not eating today. Body, we are not, I, I will tell you, it's not easy. When you are fasting, that's when the most foolish things occur to you to eat. The things that are not attractive, they occur to you at that time. 
Why? Because the body is fighting to be in control. But you can exercise self-control because it is a fruit that the Holy Spirit bears. And the Holy Spirit knows that you need it. Hallelujah. A man that controls his spirit can rule a city. Or is mightier than even a mighty man or he that can take a city. But the one who cannot control or rule himself is like a city with broken walls. And the Bible says it is better. It is better to be a self-controlled person than to be mighty or than to take cities or than to take territories. We are not self-controlled in our emotions. When anger comes, we can't do anything about it. It's like I'm angry. Some of you, when you are angry, you throw things. You say things you shouldn't say. And when you finish, you can't take them back. You want to take them back, but the person says the way you said it, you meant it. It wasn't true. I'm not going to forgive you. And because of your anger, you have destroyed so many things that God wants to do. Sometimes God wants to take you higher in your work with it, but you are angry with everybody in the choir. There's no self-control. You are so angry with everybody that we can't reach you. Sometimes it's offense. You are so offended that you cannot control yourself to say that this offense has happened, but body, soul, desires, we are going to rise above this feeling and rather come to the place where our spirits and our souls are controlled. We can't. So why did the pastor say that? Why did he look at me like that? It's not because he's not guilty. He looked at you like that. He did this. He did that. But you know where you are going. Therefore, don't let this little thing take you on an excursion. But stay focused on the road that you are on. And allow God to bring you to that place. Amen. I want to show you some people whose anger was terrible. And how it affected them. Genesis chapter 49. And we'll end with that. Verse 5. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are implements of violence. Let my soul not enter into their counsel. Let not my glory be united with their assembly. Because in their anger they slew men. And in their self-will they lamed oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce, and their wrath, for it is cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. Amen. Genesis 34. I want you to see why Jacob was blessing his sons, and this is what he said. Verse 1. Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to visit the daughters of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he took her and lay with her by force. And he was deeply attracted to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, and he loved the girl and spoke tenderly to him, hmm. to her. So Shechem spoke to his father Hamor, saying, get me this young girl for a wife. Now Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, but his sons were with his livestock in the field. So Jacob kept silent until they came in. Then Hamor, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. Now the sons of Jacob came in from the field when they heard it, and the men were grieved, and they were very angry because he had done a disgraceful thing in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing ought not to be done. 
But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him in marriage and intermarry with us. Give your daughters to us, blah, blah, blah. Um, 13. But Jacob's sons answered Shechem and his father, Hamor, with deceit, and spoke to them because he had defiled Dinah, their sister. And they said to them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that will be a disgrace to us. Only on this condition will we consent to you if you will become like us, in that every male of you will be circumcised. Then we'll give our daughters to you and we'll take your daughters for ourselves and we'll live with you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us to be circumcised, then we'll take our daughter and go. Now their words seemed reasonable to Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. And the young man did not delay to do the thing because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. Now he was more respected than all the household of his father. Amen. So he and his father came to the gates. Verse 21, these men are friendly with us, therefore let us, let them live in the land, let them trade, let us take our daughters. Only with this condition have they told us. Well, verse 24, and all who went out of the gate of his city listened to Hamor and his son Shechem. And every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of his city. Now it came about on the third day when they were in pain that two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, each took his sword and came upon the city unawares and killed every male. And they killed Hamor and his son Shechem with the edge of a sword and took Dinah from Shechem's house and went forth. Jacob's sons came upon the slain and looted the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks and their heads and their donkeys and that which was in the city and that which was in the field and they captured and looted all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives, even all that was in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, you have brought trouble on me by making me odious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites and my men being few in number, they will gather together against me and attack me and I shall be destroyed, I and my household. But they said, should he treat our sister as a harlot? Then God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and live there, and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Now this story shows us that you cannot prevent yourself from being offended. And you cannot prevent unpleasant things sometimes from happening to you. Because if we all had to elect the things that should happen in our lives, we will not choose certain things. But this diner, their sister, had gone to visit somebody in the city. And then this Shechem saw him, Hamas' son saw him, and loved her. But he put the cart before the horse. So he lay with her before asking for her to be your, his wife. Which was a mistake, and it was wrong. But they went about it in a dignified way and said, we are sorry that we've done this. But whatever we have to do to rectify the situation, we will do it. So please give us your daughter so that we marry her properly because after all, we have defiled her. And then we can also live peaceably in the land. But when Jacob's sons came and he told them, they were very angry. <laughs> they had no self-control over themselves. And there will be many things to provoke you in this life. When you are provoked, what comes out of you? 
You are just like an orange. When you are squeezed, what comes out? Is it wrath, uncontrolled anger, uh, uncontrolled tongue? I can't go into all the things that we need to be controlled in. Our bodies, our lusts, our tongues, our words, even your thoughts must be controlled. That's why the Bible says bringing into subjection, to captivity, every thought. Because the thoughts also are not controlled. They, they, they fly haywire. And the brothers, your thoughts. And you allow them to go free range, like the free range chickens. They just wander everywhere. And so they drew out their swords. And Jacob said, no, their father wants to come and speak to us to see what will be done. Your father is speaking to you, you know. And then when they went, the people said, we want to make peace. Just tell us the condition. Okay, all Israelites are circumcised, so you to be circumcised. And these people, is not their religion. God has not given them any such command. They are unbelievers, but because they want to rectify what they've done wrong. They say every male from the father to the youngest will be circumcised because you have asked us to be. But their anger led them to deceit. Decided to deceive the people. So when the people were trying to make the situation better, they gave themselves to be circumcised. The Bible says in their pain, they got up with their swords and they slew everything and everyone. And after that, they looted all their wealth. And this is the extent your anger goes to. This is the extent your emotions go to. And when it crosses a certain line, it cannot be controlled anymore. Some of you should have been married by now. But your anger, your tongue, your inability to control what you feel at the moment does not give you the blessings of tomorrow. And you feel justified. So after all, he, he defiled our diner. If he hadn't started the chain, would we also start? But it's not who starts, but it's the way you finish and manage issues that determines how far you go. Look, if it were just feelings and we're just to manifest feelings, then every time we go to church and somebody annoys us, we say, sister, come here. I have five things to tell you. This is your attitude. I don't believe in it. Why, why is the one you were passing? You did this. What, what does that mean? You will explain it with diagrams. But self-control helps you to put yourself in check. You want to go, but there are some rings calling you back. Control. Sometimes they say that if you want to control your anger, count ten. Or go out of the room. Or don't speak because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And the things that you will say. Some of you, your unbridled anger, unforgiveness. The person is begging you. Oh, I'll be circumcised. I'll go through any pain for you. I'm so sorry I did this. Oh, give me another chance. No, what other chance? Every day, what other chance? And therein lies your blessing. Some of you, you are not ready to marry at all. Because your emotions... And whatever you are doing, your body, they are in full control. In fact, Jesus is not Lord. Your flesh is Lord. Some of you, because of your tongue, churches close down. Churches disintegrate. Churches are halved into two because of your tongue. 
Even what you have not seen, you say you've seen. And even when it's the truth, like in Dinah's case, there's a place that you can come to where the truth does not destroy you, but it restores you. Hallelujah. Better is a man who is slow to anger than a mighty man. And better is the one who can control his spirit than the one who takes cities. God values these things more. And then suddenly, Jacob's lifestyle changes. Your actions affect the people around you. If I was just to manifest, look, people do things that hurt me. People betray me. But I don't even put it in my preaching often because I feel that God will not honor that. I feel that you must come to that place of forgiveness before you can give a well of living water to other people. Amen. But if you are to remember everything, she did this, she did, look, a pastor's wife, you have opportunity to be offended. The people that you sacrifice for are the people who would like to crucify you. The people you give your husband to are the people who would like to destroy your marriage. But you can't look at that and just begin to manifest. The Spirit of God must be able to tell you, cool down. Take it easy. Don't talk now. Don't say anything. You are boiling. But let cold water run over the boiler. Lady Reverend, you know me. I manifested fully. Is that something to be proud about? You should manifest the fruits of the Spirit, not the things of the flesh. We can't control our desires. So we drive ourselves, things you can't afford, things that will bring debts, things that your husband cannot afford at the stage of life. You say, oh, this one did this. Did you see what this one had? Do you see the school, this one's a lack of self-control? And you want to walk on that same road without knowing their story. And when you can't have it, the Bible says, I know, says that we are enticed by evil desires and we will kill, we will do anything to get it. Amen. Sometimes you know that this relationship is not good. You don't need it in your life. But to crucify your flesh, you are not able. So rather you take a chair, you put gold on it, and you enthrone self on it. Even financial problems. We have financial problems mostly because we don't have self-control. Some of you are very wild, uh, uh, impulsive buyers. And then after that, you have bias remorse. There's something you call bias remorse. When you bring it to yourself, but this thing, uh, is it nice? Is it good? Is it this? You buy. When you see, you buy. And then you just swipe, 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 swipe before you know. Because you can't control yourself. You may see something that is nice, but it may not be meant for you. You put unnecessary pressure on your husband and on your home. Get this from me. Did you see how this is? Hey! What they are fighting with is your flesh and your lack of self-control. Hallelujah. Do you think is everybody in the church that is lovable? It's not so. Do you think is everybody in the church that's easy to love? It's not so. Do you think is everybody in the church who loves you? It's not so. But if you are going to divide the church into sections and group that have been to churches, pastors' wives have created cliques. This one's camp and this one's camp. If you don't belong here, you don't belong. When I went, the Spirit of God just told me, I said, I'm going to tear down this barrier. So I said, I'm going to preach a sermon that will tear down this. But I said, you have made a click. If you are the friend of this lady pastor, you cannot be a friend of this lady pastor. What is that? 
And when you stepped in the church, you could even feel it. Why? Is it a club or the church of God? And sometimes people want to add us, the pastors, to their politics. So when they see you, then they've, they've seen their enemy, then they come. Hey, so, mom, so how is it? Well, they are showing their enemy that you are really their friend, pa. Don't add us to your things. Amen. And look at what Jacob comes to tell his children. It will make sense to you now. Genesis 49, and we are ending. It's Simeon and Levi who, who led that thing. Let them be circumcised, let them be, and then they slew them with their brothers. So in Genesis 49, let's read verse 1 so you know what it's about. Jacob summoned his sons and said, Assemble yourselves, that I may tell you what shall befall you in the days to come. Gather together and hear, O sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn. My might at the beginning of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power, uncontrolled as water, you shall not have preeminence. Because you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. He slept with one of his father's concubines. <laughs> now you have done this. Then somebody has slept with your sister. And look at, look at your behavior. You went to your father's bed. So you, you crept into my couch. And the, the, the woman that your father has had children with, you slept with that woman. And then somebody defiles your sister and the person has committed the unpardonable sin. When you consider yourself, your anger will go down a bit. Because you will know that you also have issues. And you have skeletons in your cupboard that we should be dealing with. Amen. Verse 5. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords, you remember they drew out their swords? Are implements of violence. Let my soul not enter into their council. Let not my glory be united with their assembly. My soul will not enter where they are meeting. And any glory that I have will not be united to whatever their assembly, whatever they are doing in their lives. That is where lack of self-control can bring you. Can bring you to a cursed place can bring you to a place where the blessings turn into curses. God help us. <laughs> and he gives a reason. Verse 6. Because in their anger, they slew men. And in their what? Self-will. They lamed oxen. Reuben was uncontrolled. Lack of self-control. And then these people too, they just go by self-will. It's also another form of lack of self-control. Self-will. Everything is what you will. What yourself wants. And not what God wants. Not what the Bible says. Not what the word of God preaches. But everything is self-will. Lord have mercy. In their self-will, they lamed oxen. Because they took all the oxen and killed them. Cursed be their anger, for it is fierce. And their wrath, for it is cruel. I will disperse them in Jacob. And scatter them in Israel. Do you know you can have a certain type of anger that is cursed? Cursed be your anger. Your anger brings about cursed situations in your life. Your lack of self-control brings about cursed situations in your life. Cursed be their anger. Hmm. And their wrath, 
Why? Because it is cruel. You move, you start. Oh, why did he do this? Why did he defile us? Then at a point, you are not, your, your, your self-control has gone haywire. As we say colloquially in Ghana, you have left yourself completely. And yourself is just manifesting. And then you bring cares. He said that their, their, their wrath was cruel. I mean, it says that you get angry, but it, when it, it, it brings cruelty, then the self is manifesting too much. Church, we need to come to that place where we look for better things. It is better to be a man who can control his spirit than one who takes a city, than one who looks mighty. It means that mighty men are nothing without self-control. People who take cities and do great things are nothing without self-control. Because your lack of self-control can end you in a place where you lose everything you have. When we offend you, we can never win you back. Because yourself is in full manifestation. And as a church, we will never be perfect. I can promise you one thing. If there's anything that is sure, we will offend you. And you will offend me too. The Bible says it's but impossible that offenses will come. But how you react to those offenses is what will take you onto the path of life. Some of you in your homes, you need to, right now, take yourself off the throne and put Jesus on it. Take yourself off the throne and enthrone the word of God. Job said, I count your word more important than my necessary food. The food that I, I esteem your word more than my necessary food. Some of you, things are in the past that you have done. Things that you have said because yourself manifested. But with God, it's never too late. You can always come to the throne of grace that you may find mercy and grace to help in time of need. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and He's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says we have an advocate so that if we do sin, we are so sin prone, but he understands. Even your mistakes, Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love. All things are not good. Your anger is some way. The consequences of your tongue is some way. The consequences of your wrath is some way. But God is able to divinely use all to work out for our good. Stand to your feet, please. Better things, self-control is better than the mighty. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 243 187900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.